This is D23 Inside Disney. We are going to take you through some of the best Disney stories of the week, get you an inside look at the people behind the magic of Disney. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And I'm Jeffrey from D23. And we're the hosts that will take you inside Disney. So glad to be back with you guys this week. Yay. Sherry, I'm sorry you had a cold. Uh, It's okay. (laughs) I hope I just don't sound weird or that you can hear my cough drop. If you can, I don't I hear a cough drop at this Great. point. It's really rattling around my mouth. I hear your cough drop. <laughs> Why are you eating me? <laughs> this would be such a good short film. Oh, oh my god! I'm going to pitch this to our guests. Yes. yes. Sherry's cough drop. <gasps> I love it. Love coming up later on the show. We do have Jennifer Newfield <laughs> and Zach Parrish who worked on the incredible short circuit short film series from Walt Disney Animation <laughs> Studios. That's currently on Disney Plus and we've binged them. Yes. We love them. We are going to ask them many, many obscure questions about them. And pitch our new short. Sherry eats a cough drop. This is going to be so good. I can already see it. It's tear jerking. I can tell. (laughs) Candace, before we got on the air, you mentioned that you had a very special guest in the Radio Disney studios. Yeah, Megan Trainer. She came by to talk about her new album. So stay tuned to Radio Disney for the full interview. Me too. She's one of my favorites. She's so fun. Such a just like humble superstar beyond when she comes to Radio Disney. So I know none of us did anything super Disney over the weekend, but this weekend, I think we are all ready to sit down and watch the Oscars on ABC. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Jeffrey, you seem like you would throw a great Oscars watch party. That's really nice of you to say. I haven't done one in a long time. I'm actually going to an Oscar party that I'm very, like friends of mine are throwing and they always do a great job where you bring themed food. Love that. What are you you taking? All right. Well. So it has to be themed to one of the Oscar nominees, and mine is, of course, themed to Candace's favorite movie of the year, yeah, Ford versus buddy. Ferrari. Ah. Mine will be Gord versus Campari. Oh my wow. gosh, that is brilliant. I love both of those things, and I love a pun. <laughs> that amazing. wins in my book. It will be a pumpkin cake with vanilla icing with a touch of Campari mixed in. That's incredible. I don't know what Campari is. It's a liqueur. Oh, okay. It's for the Mint. 21 and over set. Okay. So that's what I, we will be enjoying while we are rooting for all the Disney nominees. Disney's got three musical production numbers in the Oscars this year. We've got Breakthrough, Toy Story 4, and Frozen 2. I cannot yes. wait to see all of them. Yes, it's going to be such a good show. So, so tune in Sunday, ABC. Yes, and speaking of movies, the movie everyone is talking about online right now, the movie version of Hamilton is coming. Only Disney could do this. I'm very excited about this. Now, it was filmed on stage at the Richard Rogers Theater, where Hamilton, as you know, won 11 Tonys back in 2016. Whoa. Have you guys seen it? There were... Yeah. Oh, I love no. Hamilton. So oh, no, you I haven't need, seen I it? I need education in Hamilton. 2021, baby. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. And of course, as you guys know, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's going to be back along with David Diggs, Leslie Odom Jr., and Jonathan Groff. So very excited about that. Also, I love it. It's like Moana meets Frozen. Oh, because totally. Because you've got Lin-Manuel Miranda from Moana and Jonathan Groff, who's Kristoff in Frozen. Wouldn't that Fine. be a good show? What I a crossover. It. <laughs> it is. The ultimate Disney crossover. Yes. <laughs> yes. Talk about dreams coming true. <laughs> 
Get on that, Lynn. Write the script. As you guys know, the Super Bowl last weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs won the game. You mean the great commercials and halftime show? That. That's, yep. (laughs) I feel that. That as well. Well, of course, the whole I'm going to Disney World commercial is airing now, if you guys haven't seen it. It's one of my favorite things to look out for because I feel like they just do this immediately as soon as the game is over. But Disney Parks, Bob Chapek, and Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes did announce a donation. It's $1 million to the Make-A-Wish Foundation so in, yeah, in Mahomes' honor. Super cool. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell was there, Mickey and Minnie, of course, with the CEO of Make-A-Wish, Richard Davis. They live-streamed it on Parks Blog, so you can check out our friends at the Parks Blog to watch it if you want to see. It was so cool. So cool. I love their live streams. I always feel like I'm fully there. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. And did you know that one out of every two wishes granted in the U.S. is a Disney wish? No way. No. Yeah. Bob Chapek mentioned that. I think it was a D23 Expo. I love that fact. I think it's so cool. That is so special. So awesome. Well, look out for the I'm Going to Disney World commercial featuring Patrick Mahomes. It's airing all over the country this week. And shout out to all the kids who are able to attend because of this. And speaking of commercials and the Super Bowl, Super Bowl had awesome commercials, especially from Disney. My personal favorite, the new Disney Plus spot highlighting the three Marvel series coming to Disney+. Plus. Yay! We've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. It was such a great ad. And just this week, Bob Iger, our chairman and CEO, announced the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be coming this August to Disney+. Plus. Wow! And WandaVision's coming in December. So. Oh my gosh! So a Christmas miracle! It is a Christmas <laughs> miracle. I'm so excited! Something else Bob announced. We already knew Mandalorian was coming back for a second season. Bob confirmed it is going to be October of this year. Wow. We will get to see the child again. I can't wait. So, so excited. And another Disney Plus news production's just begun on Godmothered, a live action movie for Disney Plus with uh, Jillian Bell, Isla Fisher, Stephanie Weir, June Squibb, and Jane Curtain. It's a Christmas time set movie, Sherry. We know you love Christmas. Yeah, I'm ready already. <laughs> You've got the cold and everything. I know. Bundled up. <laughs> um, so Belle plays an inexperienced fairy godmother in training named Eleanor, who upon hearing her profession is facing extinction, she decides to show the world that they still need fairy godmothers. Aww. I love that. So I love it so much. I love it. So cannot wait to see that when it premieres on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, speaking of Disney+, Plus, and you mentioned The Mandalorian. Have you seen the trend going around this winter? Baby Snowda? People are making like <laughs> Baby Yoda out of snow. Oh, that's Look so for cute. it online. It's super cute. Anyway, so I just had to tell you guys. Disney Plus also did announce a cool slate of new nonfiction projects. Ooh, so I saw that, yeah. This looks really cool. So there's one called The Quest, which is a reality competition where teens encounter mystical beings and magical encounters in a fantasy world. So this is like fully immersive, a 360 degree world, but they're also going to come in contact with some scripted characters characters too which makes it very interesting and this is from the producers of the lord of the rings and queer eye there's also one called the maze this is another competition show this one involves five teams and this has sort of like a family dynamic here because there's one adult paired with one teen relative and they've got riddles to solve they're going to get clues that are going to guide them through european cities and fairy tale villages so that looks very interesting nat geo announced a six-part docuseries called meet the chimps and from pixar This is very exciting. An as-yet-untitled series which follows the Pixar employees who are involved in their Spark Shorts program. So you'll see everything behind their creative philosophy and what makes Pixar unique. 
Oh, how cool. I love getting peeks inside the Pixar like company culture. Right? And, yeah. Even totally. just like the cereal bar there. Totally. Uh, <laughs> fun to me. And even more Disney Plus news. I'm so excited. Bring it. Because you know <laughs> and it? I don't know I, yet. I, our friends at High School Musical, the musical, the series are gearing up for production on season two and they have announced oh my what the musical will be. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. What? So excited. So I did not excited. know this. You oh my gosh. To me too. Wow. Can, yeah. So I can't wait to see what they do. I can't wait to see who's vying for what roles. It's That's very exciting. Can't wait to see if Nini's like ends up off at the private school, if she's back. I feel like I'm way too obsessed with this show, but I'm very Same. excited. Same. <laughs> you are not alone. Team Ricky. Well, in other exciting Disney news, we got the final trailer for Mulan. Yes. yes. It was so epic. So we got all new footage of these action sequences, and it seems like they touch on some interesting mythology, which I'm excited to learn about. Mm -hmm. So as we know, in the story of Mulan, the emperor of China issues a decree that one man per family must serve in the imperial army to defend the country from the northern invaders. And who better for the job than Mulan? Totally. Oh, Cannot wait. You can catch that trailer. I know it's on uh, the Disney social and the D23 social. Yes, it's all over the interweb. Check it out. (laughs) It's in theaters March 27th. And in more exciting movie news, we got a brand new spot for Black Widow. Guys, I am so pumped for this movie. Same. In the spot, we hear Natasha Romanoff say, you don't know everything about me, which I mean, the intrigue, the mystery. The action. I am so pumped for this movie. And we also, along with the TV spot, got four new character posters featuring Scarlett Johansson, my favorite Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Rachel Weiss. All of this is on D23.com. So check it out. And the movie comes to theaters May 1st. Harkening back to our first exciting topic of Hamilton and the stage, our friends over at Disney on Broadway have announced a new tour of Elton John and Tim Rice's Aida launching in 2021. I also just saw it's going to be coming to LA. So you know that I am totally getting tickets to that. (laughs) Cannot wait. Cannot wait. It's actually going to start at the Paper Mill Playhouse in February of 2021. It's going to visit Charlotte, Chicago, Nashville, Philly, and, and LA, like I already mentioned. And the book's going to be revised by David Henry Huang, who actually co-authored the original production with Linda Wolverton and Robert Falls. I loved, loved, loved the original production of this show, so Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to see them take it to the next level. Nice. Speaking of taking things to the next level, literally, Spider-Man will be flying above the rooftops of Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure Park. Did you see that video, Campus? Yes, I can't wait for this. It's so crazy. So we see Spider-Man flip and fly in the air, and it's just a little sneak peek of all the cool new things that are coming to Avengers Campus this summer at Disneyland Resort. So if you missed that, I mean, you cannot miss it. It is so cool. Check it out. It's on the Parks blog. So we are incredibly excited. We talked about it at the beginning of the show because we're all obsessed and have oh, yeah. been fangirling um, over here. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the short circuit animated short series on Disney Plus from Walt Disney Animation Studios. We are so excited to have with us the production manager, Jen Newfield. Hi. And the director of one of our very favorite shorts, Puddles, Zach Parrish. Animator and director, I should say. That's right. Hello. Hi, we're happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. So how are the directors of the short circuit films chosen? Are they picked or the directors pitch their own ideas? How does it all start? Yeah, it's a really unique process in the Walt Disney Animation Studios where it's a blind review. Anyone at the studio from top to bottom can submit their ideas. And what they do is they fill out a form. They have a 
very limited amount of space to submit their synopsis, which I'm sure is mm-hmm. a big challenge for everybody as they go in, right, Zach? It is. And then uh, that is reviewed by a committee blindly. So my job is to curate the whole process and to help the people who are submitting kind of refine their ideas and their pitches before they go into it. And then I don't vote on the committee, but I kind of put everybody together in order for the votes to come through. And usually we pick the top two, and we do that kind of twice a year, and anyone can make a short. They get the space to direct it. Wow. What a cool opportunity. It's a really cool process, and because I was one of the first filmmakers in the program, I actually got to participate in the selection committee in later years, and it is, it's completely blind. It's purely based off of who has the best idea, and then you find out later whose idea that was, and it's always kind of a fun reveal. Mm-hmm. Can, can you talk about what it was like for you to pitch your idea? Was it intimidating, fun, scary? I think it's always a little intimidating to kind of expose your idea to someone. It's always a vulnerable experience. Our program at the very beginning of Short Circuit was slightly different in that we had six-minute pitches that we were trying to narrow down to a 90-second short. And so Puddles was a much bigger idea that I was trying to find what the core of it really was. That's why it ends with a little bit of a cliffhanger, because it was always meant to be a little bit more of a, a bigger story. But I was trying to find a beginning, middle, and end that felt like it could be tied up nicely in a little bow. Yeah. Tell us about the inspiration for Puddles. You talk a little bit about it if you watch the intro, which you should if you're watching this (laughs) for people who haven't seen it yet. But tell us what Puddles is all about as well. It came from a lot of different places, but mostly it came from watching my nephew, Noah. He's my first nephew that I've gotten to kind of see the world through his eyes. And it always felt like he saw more magic in the world than was otherwise there. And so we'd be playing with toys or whatever, and he would make up these worlds. And it reminded me of myself when I was a kid and that kind of innocence that you lose as you grow up to some degree and the power of that imagination. And so I always wanted to make something that elicited that feeling and that also reminded people to kind of pull out of this fake world that we've kind of all become associated with in our cell phones and technology. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but just to pick up your eyes and, you know, look around and see the magic in the world that might not be a magical world, but might just be a a leaf falling off a tree or, you know, something small like that. Yeah. Skylar is my niece too. So (laughs) my niece just on her phone, same thing. So that's so funny that that was your nephew because I felt like Skylar was my niece (laughs) on her phone. Are there any Easter eggs or any like Disney Easter eggs or fun little secrets Mm. that we should look out for in puddles. I love Easter eggs. And so when I I was part of the, the first six films that were being made, and so I wanted to do Easter eggs for each of the other short circuits because it's just kind of a nice little, we had a nice little camaraderie going. We were all helping each other out on, on making our films. And so the main characters of all the other shorts are actually sprinkled through the background of Puddles. No way. Um, yes. So you'll see the characters from uh, Elephant in the Room walking in the background, Lucky Toupee or driving the car and walking around. I actually have another short that is yet to be released, um, is kind of hidden in there. We won't talk about that one. Oh. Even Drop is technically wow. in, the, in the opening shot. He falls off the light post light. at the beginning. And then at the very end, the puddle world itself is actually inhabited by entirely Disney Easter eggs. It's all Whoa. the fish from the Moana. The wow. whale is actually Maui from oh, Moana. Really? I wondered about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just gave him a little bit of a paint job so he blended into yeah. the world. But that's actually Maui floating around. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of Easter eggs. Oh, my throw. gosh. Now you need to rewatch it. frame by frame. Yeah. Yeah. Puddles has the most Easter eggs. That's yeah. a great question for I that. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Were there other Easter eggs that you remember from the other shorts? From other projects fun? in Short Circuit? Well, I think a lot of the spirit of Short Circuit is to actually make things on 
kind of more of a, a homegrown based types of camaraderie with other teams, but also reusing things in the building in order to then expand off of it and become more imaginative and more experimental. So a lot of the main characters that we start with will be a base of something that we have already. So we will take the base of Mulan from Wreck-It Ralph 2 as a character, as that human, and then modify her to the nth degree to then place her into a short like Jing Kwa type thing. So there are little things that we derive from in order to be more experimental in other areas. We Mm. kind of use what we have in the building already, which is great because then you get to leverage more off the talent that's within our studio. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah, you touched on this, but how are the teams for each project picked? Is that like a long process? It's all sort of like pitching and then you guys just go for it? Yeah, well, I think what's really also unique about Short Circuit that's kind of neat is all the directors have people in the studio that either they've identified or that they are friends with, and it could be across different departments that they maybe want to work with, and we always base our staffing off of that first, preferably if it's possible. If we can make room in between, you know... Uh, Zootopia and Moana or Frozen 2 (laughs) and you know Ryan the Last Dragon for people to work together on a short circuit we will so it's all done through the regular staffing that we have within the studio but what's great is there are thought partners which is a unique term to short circuit and people like department agents who step forward to say I love this idea I'm passionate about it I'm going to help you as a new director who has never done it before or hasn't maybe gone through a specific department and just doesn't know and that's what's really nice about short circuit is we try to make room for those volunteer opportunities that's cool cool. so we heard about how an idea is pitched how the crew is formed so what happens next how do we take that from the people and the idea into the final short I mean, it, it takes a lot more people. Um, <laughs> usually, it's a, it's a four-month process for the entire film. So the first month is usually pre-production, where it's, it's working on storyboards, visual development, making sure that you've fine-tuned the story and get it ready for production. And we kind of define that by actually starting to make assets for the actual film. So then the, the last three months of the four months is the actual creation of the film. So then you're going through you know, character design and rigging and animation and layout and all of those departments are all kind of squeezed into three months. So it's a very, very fast program. But the first month is where kind of all the story juice gets squeezed. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Four months does not sound like a lot of time. It is not a lot of time. <laughs> not in the Amazing. animation world, yeah. yeah, especially compared to our features. But it challenges our studio uh, to work in a different way. And I think that's healthy. It's really nice for us to be able to just kind of start to be a little more spontaneous, perhaps, also to think a little differently and come together, solve problems in a different way. It can be, you know, just challenging in a way of, you have this passion of what you want to get on the screen, but you have to trust the people around you that they're going to come up with ideas that might be better than what you thought of originally. And I think that's part of the awesome learning process that new directors maybe go through is just realizing how much other people bring to the table. And that's kind of a cool camaraderie experience. I think it's across the board. You know, it's, I think it's for the directors as well as, you know, because I've gotten to work on other people's shorts and helped out on other people's shorts. And you learn no matter where you sit, on that spectrum, I guess, uh, you're always learning from one another because as a director, yeah, you're learning 
how to give and take and how to stay true to your vision while allowing space for those people to bring their own perspectives to your idea. And then as a thought partner or something like that, you're really trying to figure out how to find your place in governing this department or this task, but still staying true to the director's vision. And so there's a lot of that camaraderie that comes through. And it's really fun to see how people are growing within the studio because of all the opportunities that are that are being had with Short Circuit. Yeah, it's kind of like putting something in a box and watching people work with what's in that box, you know, trying to drive a creative vision while putting restrictions on it almost makes you more creative in the end. Absolutely. I'm curious. I don't know if you're able to tell us, but what are you guys working on now? Mm, There are more short circuits in the works just within our studio. The program is still running, which is very exciting. Well, now that you, I mean, it it was only two a year, but you guys just put out like a bunch does that mean you maybe upping how many you do a year you still have two a year we're actually just working at a pace that works in between our features so features are our priority in our studio and anytime that we have availability between the cracks that's kind of where short circuit gets to slip into action (laughs) so our schedules are very fluid and we really try to give opportunities to people and we work around what they need to do for the features and then we kind of spread out around them the program's been around for about three and a half years ish zach was at the very beginning and his stuff just got released which is amazing and so after that we've been making them pretty consistently just uh, sprinkling them in and so hopefully disney plus will be interested and more of them because we keep making them for our own purposes and growing and learning and experimenting with different designs and animation styles and then hopefully the world will continue to want to see them and then we can release those too. I'm currently working on an unannounced project. That's going to be a big hit. Unannounced project. <laughs> I love the title. It has it's, a ring to it. It has an acronym. TBD. I'll T-B-D. be your thought partner. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. I like the sound of it. I'm on that for um, about half of this year and then we'll see what happens after that. Exciting. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, Jen, you went from being a production assistant 12 years ago to now a manager. Talk a little bit about your time at Disney over the 12 years. Oh, yeah, that's kind of digging into my history. It's awesome. I started in 2D on The Princess and the Frog, which I oh, loved love that, that experience. Movie. Yeah. And I've worked in a lot on a lot of 2D projects since then, which actually has helped a lot in short circuit. I bet. Because a lot of the styles of some of the shorts you see have some 2D aspects to it, and that's really helpful to have that background in order to help the directors who maybe aren't familiar with that go through the process. So the way that you work up in production management after you production assist, which is kind of like boots on the ground, taking notes and dailies and making sure the artists have everything they need, uh, you kind of move up through coordinator and production supervisor, and then you become production manager. And it's kind of like this beautiful journey where you get to oversee things over probably bigger expansions of period of time. So production assistants are day-to-day and production coordinators are kind of week-to-week and then production supervisors are maybe movie-to-movie. And then now I'm kind of in a nice position where I oversee all the shorts program. So not only do I production manage each short, but I actually get to mentor directors. And that's kind of my favorite part of the job is I get to not only teach them the pipeline because that might be something new to them, but really get to understand on a, a deep level what their creative vision is and try my best with my previous knowledge of how the machine works to get the <laughs> right people in the right room for them. And I think that ends up being really rewarding about this particular position that I like a lot. Very cool. Wow. That's the dream. Mm -hmm. The dream path. (laughs) (laughs) So Zach and Jen, you both worked on Tangled and Ralph Breaks the Internet. 
Did your paths cross during production of those, or how did you meet over that time? We did. We it was did. Tangled, tangled, right? You were in animation. Yeah, because you were new to the studio at the time, right? I was, yeah. Yeah, I was a production assistant of the animation department, because all the departments get split up. Yep. And we met there, and you were a superstar. I mean, <laughs> I have to be honest, because I was in those meetings with the supervisors, and they're like, oh, just give those scenes to Zach. He'll knock them out. It'd be great. <laughs> I was very enthusiastic. I <laughs> had dreamed of working at Disney my entire life, and so I was working at Sony before I started at Disney, and I heard about Tangled, which was uh, called Rapunzel at the time, and I heard that it was Glenn Keane, <laughs> and I heard that it was a fairy tale princess musical, and it was like a dream, and I was like, and it's in CG, that's what I do. <laughs> and so I actually got the last position on uh, the Ooh, team. Wow. Like I squeaked in there. But yeah, lucky <laughs> me too. So yeah, I was just so enthusiastic. I couldn't animate enough. Mm-hmm. And so they just kept throwing scenes at me and throwing scenes at me. And it was still my favorite experience, you know, within the studio, you know, just because of the the magic of, of what that was and where the studio was at the time and working with Glenn and it was my first wow. film and everything mm-hmm. else. It was such a dream come true, that, mm-hmm. that film. Yeah, it's great. So you both worked on Tangled and, and Zach, you were the head of animation on Big Hero 6. I was. What's it like working on these incredible epic movies for Walt Disney Animation Studios and then getting to see them have these lives after like they both have these great popular shows on Disney Channel. You can see the characters in the parks. What is that like for you both? It's crazy. I mean, it's part of the reason you're there. You sort of forget a little bit while you're making the film because you're so focused on all the details and making sure that, you know, the emotions coming through and the performance is just so and that the appeal is just so. And then it's really when audiences start to see it that you realize the impact that our films have, that you realize how many people's lives our stories can touch and what those lessons, what those emotions can do to the world. And then you start seeing people react to them, especially in the parks, seeing the walkarounds or whatever and how much it means to them really invigorates you on the next film you're working on and and what that little project, what feels little, it's really not little, <laughs> but what that little project could do to the world. A thousand percent, because on the day-to-day basis, it's all about who you work with, for yeah. me, personally, especially being in management. And I think we have just such an all-star from around the world, artists come to work in our building, but then they just become, you know, oh, it's, it's Zach Parrish walking down the hall, or, you know, whoever Don Hall is walking down mm-hmm. the hall or something, and and they just become your colleagues. And so when you are pushing so hard to make movies the best that they can be, you kind of lose sight of the end game because by the time our movies release, we're already working on the next one, like deep into the next one. So you almost forget until you take a moment. You just have to take those moments. You have to go down to the park. You have to go see the reactions of kids and them dress in their little costumes. And you have to like take a moment at Halloween and really recognize how many characters that you've been a part of those films are around you because you're already projecting so far into the future because our movies take a while to make that you might have forgot to look back and then it becomes extra special because it kind of adds to that memory and that sensation of working on it and the kind of like teamwork of like, oh yeah, we did that and look, everyone's enjoying it. (laughs) Okay, let's go make another one. And that's true. And that's true of the shorts as well. I mean, when we got to premiere uh, Puddles at D23, hearing people laugh, it was like, oh, right. 
I forgot Aww. this was supposed to be funny. Like I made it, and I forgot those. And so hearing people laugh, it's like, oh yeah, and like it's ama- it's amazing. Like the energy you have going back to work on Monday after you hear an audience laugh or see somebody cry. Not that we're trying to make people cry, but we're trying to make people cry. <laughs> um, you know, like I remember seeing someone cry at my shots in Entangled mm-hmm. um, at the end when Flynn dies, and just it's just realizing that the power that you have, the magic that you wield while making those films. It's super inspiring. I think that's part of what Short Circuit's trying to do as well is make new directors realize how impactful ideas can be just on a basic level of that's why we're a blind review. That's why it's about the idea, really pushing for things that we want to make that we don't usually see. It becomes part of that learning process of them realizing also how hard everyone else in the building is working on the features to make those ideas shine. And so if you can kind of polish those skills in short circuit, you can really take them back to your work that you do on the features. And that's kind of part of the reason why the program exists and why it's encouraged by everyone, even our executives, for it to really push on and people to get experience in it. Yeah, we've talked about obviously a lot of projects that you guys have worked on over the years, but do you have a favorite Disney animated character, either something you've worked on or something that just speaks to you? I mean, I do. My childhood is based around the genie. Okay, uh, so good. Yeah, and now I mean, you get to walk the halls with Eric Goldberg. Yeah, yeah it's weird. I mean, I was I was supervising animator on uh, King Candy on Wreck It Ralph, mm-hmm. and early in pre production, I actually had to give notes to Eric Goldberg, <laughs> which was the strangest experience of my life because like you shaped my entire like future and my entire career. So yeah, to get to experience those things, Mark Hen, you know, worked with us was our drawover person on Big Hero Six. Genius will forever That's be a good one. yeah close to my heart. I think something it's it feels like a living character to me that it influences me a lot is just the music of all the movies that I really feel like impacts me the most. So I have a lot of like very vivid memories of let's say Lady and the Tramp, the opening sequence of just the orchestral music as it goes down their street, or in something like Princess of the Frog, the the jazz music that it has in that New Orleans type of feeling and all the composers that come through. So I feel like what really lives within my memory the most is kind of like the through line of all the music that comes into it. And so they invite us to either watch the streaming or come to the stage for the scoring sessions. They kind of open that opportunity up for us to see it streaming for the crew. And that's kind of my favorite time because I find it really impacts me like that little goosebumpy chills type of factor. And so it's really neat in the short circuits, they each get to hire a composer. And so they get that same type of experience too. So I think the music is really what influences me the most. It was an incredibly epic week when they were scoring Frozen 2. Walking through the caffeine patch with all all of that very epic music. I was like, I feel like my day is way more important. (laughs) (laughs) Pumped up. (laughs) And now for the hardest question of all. Uh (laughs) What is your favorite Disney memory? Mine has to be the first time I went to Disney World. I was in second grade. We drove down to Orlando. I'm from Indiana. Um, We drove down to Orlando, and we spent uh, 10 days at the parks and stayed at the hotels and and watching the fireworks. It was watching the fireworks at Magic Kingdom with my parents. That was kind of one of the moments where I was like, I need to be a part of this. And it was the moment that I said I wanted to be an animator was back in the day they had where you could watch the animators, you know, doing live animation and that was when I decided that that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Wow, I love that. Uh, I kind of have two. The first one, I worked in the parks 
when I was younger, which I think a lot of your guests uh, have that experience as they come up through Disney. What did, what did you do? Well, I worked in food uh, mostly. I worked at Tomorrowland Terrace at the time, but I also did some outdoor vending. I would pick up some extra shifts, and there was one time I had never done it, and I was at DCA, and uh, they gave me a glow cart, which is one of the most <laughs> challenging things to manage on your own. But they didn't tell me that when I pushed it, because it's called pushing out when you come out from backstage to onstage. When I pushed out, I didn't realize I was in front of the Main Street Electrical Parade at the time. Oh, no. Uh. And so the crowds of people were lining the streets, and I had to walk the full parade route to find my little spot where my glow cart was going to be parked. And everyone just started cheering. <laughs> and I like that part of the show, but I was just waving. Like, <laughs> That's hey, so cool. That's so fun. Oh, I've never done this before. Teeniest little float. <laughs> And then the other memory that really, really, really stands out is when I was working here about 10 years ago. Um, Roy Disney had a book all about the Disney dogs. And so I mentioned Lady Tramp. It was my favorite movie. I also love Fox and the Hound and Oliver and Company and stuff. And so he had a book signing. And I got to meet him. Wow. And I talked to him for maybe three minutes. But I remember the whole conversation. He signed my book. And I was so nervous. And it just like really, really inspired me because he re-kickstarted. He was the one who reinvigorated the animation side and said, no, this counts. These guys are great. We need to have this part of the company. It's what started it all. And I really respect that a lot. So it was kind of awesome to meet him at that time. Wow. Such good answers. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Of course. Sure. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. They were so great. We should have really pitched our cough drop idea, though. I, it's not too late. It's not too late. Come back, guys. Come back. Run. <laughs> Run. Go get them. Well, thank you again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. And we'll be back next week with more Disney news, another cough drop from Sherry, and a fantastic guest (laughs) on an all-new episode of D23 (laughs) Inside Inside Disney. Disney.